3: And for those who are newcomers, please look into CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com for lots of free downloads on previous shows and the histories of this great big world of ours and how we're going into a particular uh, ultimate fascist dictatorship really worldwide, how we got here, who's, who are the players are behind it, and also get free transcripts in the languages of Europe from Alan Watt sentient, sentinel.eu. Last Wednesday, I was reading a little bit from a book called The Trap by Sir James Goldsmith. Sir James Goldsmith came over from Britain, and he was a big magnet in Britain. He was a big mover and shaker for huge corporations his whole life. And he was all for the European Union at one time because uh, the way it was sold to these movers and shakers of which he was one, was that the countries would still retain some sort of independence and sovereignty. And when he saw it going off into a, a strange, closed, totalitarian little parliament in Brussels, he came out against it and tried to pull Britain back out of it again. then he came down with a very fast-acting cancer, which would kill him within a month or two, in fact, after diagnosis. Well, I've got the audio tape of the speech he gave to the Senate, the U.S. Senate in 1994, just prior to them signing the, the GATT Treaty. Everyone's heard of it. People, I heard it on the news, same news as everyone else heard it from, that everyone's tossed it out their mind because they were not told that it was important by the same media that told you about it. And the General Agreement on Tariffs and Trades, trade was a, a, a star chamber that was being set up to dictate that who would trade with whom, which companies could do so, and who would be excluded. And the Star Chamber's verdict was final. There was no input from any public anywhere. It's a closed uh, system, the Star Chamber. Based after the old uh, King James, he had a Star Chamber in his court as well, where their word was law, and there was no appeal. Same system. And uh, this general agreement on tariffs and trade was to give certain favored nations status a term coined way back in the times of John Dee at the British Court uh, in the 1500s for free trade, where the the big corporations, in other words, would be excluded from paying taxes for import duties into other countries. So tonight, after the show, that will be up, a particular audio from Sir James Goldsmith. Great speech. It was started off by the the Speaker for the the Senate, for the uh, Commerce Committee, and that was Senator Howley. You'll hear him at the beginning. And the odd thing is they all agreed with him. Then about two days later, they all voted for GATT. I'll be back after the following messages.
1: Everybody knows that the days are loaded
3: Hi folks, Alan Watt back with Cutting Through the Matrix, and before the break I was talking about Sir James Goldsmith, who started a party up to try and pull Britain and back out of the European Union, and he realized that it was a, anything but a democratic institution, there's no democracy about it. In fact, two years ago, the head of the European Parliament declared it a heresy, a heresy mind you, to criticize any of his actions. So there we go with these psychopaths. They always get to the top in all institutions. It doesn't surprise me. But Sir James Goldsmith was quite right in the effects that this general agreement on tariffs and trade would have. Now, what you don't understand is, since the end of World War II, organizations were set up under the auspices of the United Nations, the front man for the straw man, really, for these big corporations, the big, rich, powerful people. And they decided to unite Europe then. And it was about 1948 they set up the first bureaucracies in Britain to covertly, mind you, because they admitted that a couple of years ago when they first released the papers, uh, that the public must not be told the whole purpose of this bureaucracy was to eventually integrate the whole of Europe under a single parliamentary system and that was 1948 now in 1947 the first uh, agreement for the general uh, agreement on tariffs and trade was was done in Marrakesh. and that was part 1 i think it's been uh, i think the one that james goldsmith was talking was part 8 that, that was that recently been done in 94 been at this since the end of World War II, and the whole idea was to set up uh, a European parliament, uh, a North American parliament initially, and a parliament for the Pacific Rim nations, including New Zealand and Australia. And they had to do it quietly, and it was done uh, under the auspices of the Royal Institute for International Affairs, a non-governmental agency, they claim which just happens to have many government members on board and uh, on their payroll, we might say. And they certainly have most reporters on their payroll because you have to be asked into this uh, institution. And the the reporters think that's a real boon. It's like getting a Nobel Prize to a reporter to get into that institution. And the Council on Foreign Relations is the American Department, which was to do the same thing for the Americas, worked stealthily, in the Americas, in Canada, and the U.S., and Mexico, Chile, and a few other countries to bring all this about. So here you are. It was already set up, and it was rolling towards uh, finalization before we were even born, most of us. And it's been done in secrecy. And I read some of the trap last Wednesday where one of the main players in this particular movement admits that it was done in secrecy, and it could never have been done in a democratic institution or or country. It was anything but democratic. So I really advise people to look into the trap by Sir James Goldsmith because what you realize under the, the GATT Treaty also came the fact that your corporations would be encouraged to go abroad. Not only that, your own governments would use your tax money to move those corporations and factories over to China. It was also agreed that for the first seven to ten years, if those companies lost profits, projected profits, during that time of setup, and for the first few years, the country they came from would also pay their losses. So the taxpayer has paid for the losses. It's quite the deal for the international corporations and the Western countries, primarily the U.S., Canada and Britain and so on helped to fund that or at least the taxpayers funded it all the complete removal of your infrastructure your ability to take care of yourself and manufacture yourself was purposely taken out that's called interdependence the term that Margaret Thatcher used interdependence so that you cannot be independent as a nation you're now interlocked, interdependent that was the whole point of it and as I say, two years ago, when the, the, what, the second last agreement was signed, the further agreement into amalgamation of the Americas at Waco, Texas, they admitted uh, that um, there are a few more to go. And, and really by 2010, it will be complete. Uh, that will be the complete integration. The money has been lined up today. The dollars are pretty well on par from the U.S. and Canadian side and they'll probably stay on par until we're integrated. All they have to do now is somehow get a general sales tax or some other name for the same thing in the United States because they certainly won't take the taxes off of Canada to merge. They'll have to bring the states up to the same high cost of living as Canada in order for merger because that's what they did under the GATT Treaty uh, for, for the British nation. They had to come up to the to the other countries a high cost of living. So nothing is by chance, it's planned in, in advance, it's done in secrecy, and meanwhile the same characters who do this are flapping their lips off about democracy, and they're, if anything but democracy in them, it's an alien concept to them. But I always remember what uh, Toynbee, who was a professor for Rhodes Scholars in the 1930s, said at an international meeting, I think held in, in Denmark, And he said that we always deny with our mouth that that we do with our hands. And that's always been their strategy. They have no problem lying to the public and treating us like children. But then again, nothing much has changed down through thousands of years. All religious leaders or gods are always good shepherds, which means we are all silly sheep. And a sheep has been bred by the shepherd, obviously. That's his livelihood. That's what he lives off of. He lives pretty well, and he fleeces his sheep and he eats them at the same time, much like ourselves. So I used to laugh uh, when they used to sing these hymns when I was small, and we were all singing about being nice little sheep that have gone astray. Well, that wasn't me. I decided to be a goat instead, because a goat, you see, can always climb up the mountains and get away from the sheep and look down upon them and see what's really going on. That's the kind of world we live in, and that's what you have to be if you want to be a thinker and a survivor and someone who changes the course of this totalitarian fascist system. Because it is a fascist system, the the integration, the merger of politics, politicians, CEOs of corporations all working together, often using musical chairs to move from the corporation into politics and back again. We are under fascism and we have been actually since at least the 1930s World War II helped to pull out the western nations they needed World War II and as Carla quickly said the real purpose of war is to change the societies of all those that participate because you can get more done in five years of war on a governmental scale than you can with 50 years of peace and propaganda so that's the purpose of war Now, I get lots of email coming in here. And I was talking last week about this uh, tremendous big drill they're having in the States and Canada to do with emergency preparedness. But it's also over in Britain, they're having the same thing in other parts of the world as well. And it's an amalgamated uh, effort to use all the official military, police, etc., all working together, all institutions, along with the non-governmental institutions, the civil workers as well. And they're having mock drills and, and dirty bomb drills and vaccination drills all over the place, all training the public uh, for what's to come, I think, down the road. He was all terrified. And this is uh, an email from, from one man, one young guy who's at university right now in Arizona, Arizona State University, and this is what he said. I go to the ASU as an undergrad here in the disgusting city of Phoenix. We were talking recently about the dirty bomb drill that is has take place here in Phoenix. Now Chandler is encouraging people to participate in the vaccine drill, which is supposed to assess the level of effectiveness of mass vaccinations in case of crises such as terrorist attacks or infectious outbreaks. Chandler is really part of Greater Phoenix now. Indeed, many people are in complete acceptance of these exercises and pretty much oblivious to the implications of such exercises eating being suggested. I suppose it should completely resonate with the folks who may, or who are my age, during the nuclear scare and being told to duck and cover in case of a bomb. Well, that's true, that's what they used back in the, the, the 50s and 60s and some of the 70s. They were telling the children to go under their desks and hide as though that was going to save them and it was all to get them trained as a real threat. They love these phony threats, you see, for control purposes. These exercises don't serve to prepare officials for anything, but rather they obviously serve basically as Pavlovian gimmicks to constantly reinforce our fear of the potential worst-case scenario. It certainly helps that a significant portion of the people are zealous religious fanatics who actually think this alarmism is a natural progression to the apocalypse, and end times, which we're all destined to achieve. And it's true, a lot of the uh, the big holy rollers that run, that lead all the big herds, uh, are, are preaching the ET phenomenon. For a Christian, it's the end times. Uh, for the New Agers, it, it's, it's extraterrestrials. Now, I'll, I'll continue with this mail after the following messages.
1: Are loaded, everybody rolls with their fingers crossed. Everybody knows the war is over. Everybody knows the good guy's lost, Everybody knows hey, Alan the fight hey, I got you. Fixed. California for you. The poor stay poor, the rich get rich. That's how it goes.
3: Everybody knows. Hi folks, I want to walk back with Cutting Through the Matrix, this multi-leveled uh, leveled matrix really, that we're all living in, and just finishing off uh, reading an email from a student, which gives hope, you know, when you have students who can think, and this one can think. So all is not lost. To continue with his letter, he says, anyway, the funny thing is, Barack Obama, or if that's uh, short for Baruch i bet you it is. Decide to come to the ASU campus today at 10 a.m. and speak for half an hour or so, no real substance in classic political prose, and subsequently revert to bashing the job Bush is doing, constantly repeating the slogan, Change, change we can believe in. And that's true because they use this change thing all the time and all the slogans they are getting from the marketing companies, like change is good. Well, I mean, they may be on the street, you'd be on the street, but that's change. Is that good? They never qualify what they mean by change. But they weren't as all to to believe in it. Meanwhile, uh, and I got this picture of this, chemtrails being sprayed overhead, that's this morning, over this university. And they'd been releasing chemtrails since early in the morning. I came to campus around 8.20, and at that time there were clear skies and I could see apparent first spray flights from east to west overhead. What's interesting is that I live in Mesa, and obviously I'm well aware of chemtrails, and I keep an eye out quite often for them. I noticed them consistently. However, I don't normally notice them over the ASU campus almost at all. So it was very odd to see any at all, much less six, which is how many individual trails I counted that I could be certain were left overhead. Most of the time, the chemtrails I noticed are around South Mesa and above Chandler. In fact, I used to referee. He talks about some of the games he plays in that area. I remember one day when I was refereeing from 9 to 5, Throughout the course of the day, the sky completely artific- uh, artificially went from clear to a thick blanket of chem clouds overhead With a matter of hours. At one point, point, this is no exaggeration, there were easily over 15 planes in the sky, to be exact. If you can remember correctly, I counted 21. I didn't have a cell phone on me at the time, and so I didn't have a chance to take a picture. So yes, there are certainly spraying in Phoenix a great deal, which is great because that is just one more reason for me to get the hell out of here after I finish schooling. So there's one guy who actually thinks and sees he's comprehending things for himself and using his own intellect and rationale to figure it out, and he's making plans as well. So as I say, all is not lost. Now, I think we have Jeff in California. Are you there, Jeff? you well? Hello. Oh, can you hear me, Alan? Yep. Mm-hmm. How you doing, sir? I just wanted
2: to uh, have a, a little bit of a question and a, a comment, that's a little bit off-topic, uh, if you don't mind. Uh, my roommate, Menelik, uh, actually called in three weeks ago, and uh, he's been telling me about this stuff years ago. We're, we've been friends for about seven, eight years now, and the amount of knowledge that he knows was just mind-boggling when he started telling me. It really opened up my eyes, and I opened up very quickly uh, to all this stuff, because and the first feeling that you get is, my God, I've been had all these years.
3: Yeah,
2: it was it was it was a really strange feeling. It's almost like you wake up at that moment and it's just like I've been had. I've mm-hmm. This whole thing's a trick, and it's amazing how all the pieces will fall into place.
3: Yeah.
2: Um, one comment that I had for you, because um, we've gone all way beyond most of the stuff you've talked about, and just we have such an in-depth understanding of all this. Mm-hmm. And uh, you mentioned that you were going to come out with a book. Yeah. And what I want to do is email you. I'll email you, and uh, I want to, whatever it takes to help you get that book going. You know, mm-hmm. we're willing to do it because it's we're into we're into the mysteries at this point, point. Um, and uh, it's just fascinating to even go back into ancient times and how much they knew, and uh, has nothing's really changed till now. You're right. You're nothing's absolutely changed, right. Yeah. Nothing's changed. I mean, yeah. uh, you know, people haven't really changed that much. And you know, Like you said, a lot of the little technical stuff has gotten evolved, but us as people, we haven't evolved at all, actually. We're getting no, actually no. Dumber. The same
3: tricks that were used thousands of years ago can be used over and over. And Plato said that if it worked in the past on people, on great uh, amounts of people, it can be made to work again in the future if you know the formula. And they simply right. repeat the same formula. They give different names to whatever. No, it's called science. Science is the new priesthood. And whatever scientists say is, is treated as gospel truth. Absolutely. And people obey, you
2: know. Um, one comment that I have, would will, will you be setting up something on your website so maybe people can make a donation on a monthly basis? I think it's important that, you know, you're, you're teaching all this stuff to everybody and yeah. everybody is able to contribute to you because, you know, for the cost of... Uh, Starbucks, you know, five times a week, which you're getting killed anyway, Mm -hmm. Uh, you might as well start learning something, and to me, it's important. Uh, But I think the transactions are easier Uh online, you know, if you do it on a monthly basis. That's just a comment that I have. Yeah, I'm putting
3: up PayPal for donations only. Yeah.
2: That would be great. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and I'd love that. So, you know, it makes me feel good. I'm contributing some to learning things real. Yeah. Uh, watching $180 a month on cable television, which is completely
3: crap. Um, but also, um, don't, forget, don't, don't forget the main thing, too. Regardless of all the stuff I could teach on ancient history right. and the mysteries and all the rest of it, uh, you can get sidetracked into being fascinated and rather than being active in what's happening today. And and that's the main thing, is you've got to be. This is why they merge the new age with the facts of of what's happening. It diverts people off into a different world of fantasy, imagination, and becomes more of a hobby with them. What we're going through at the moment is, is the most serious time we've ever gone through in history, and we've got to really become active and take our rights back before we lose them all.
2: You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth.
1: Everybody knows that the dice are loaded. Everybody rolls with their fingers crossed. Everybody knows the war is over. Everybody knows the good guys lost. Everybody knows. The fight was fixed. The poor stay poor. The rich get rich. That's how it goes.
3: Everybody knows. Hi folks. On what back with cutting through the matrix, going through some of the the present day matrix because we do live in uh, an illusion really. It's a it's a fiction we live in. Our ideas, our ideals even, are fictional. And they're propagated to us by very intelligent people who use scientific indoctrinations uh, from the day we're born. Your parents themselves who are indoctrinated pass on the initial indoctrination. then kindergarten, the school picks up on it, uh, kills any individuality that you have left in you, or puts you on drugs if they find it still there. And... Then television and work and life takes over from there, and most people are pretty well burned out by the time they're 35, 40. They they've lost all their ideals. They're just trying to get by. Their lives are generally living in a, a form of misery, even their relationships too, because no one has been allowed to give any peace, and especially not the family unit. When you see how much junk is is put out there by television, they are supposed to emulate all the impossibilities. It's to give you dissatisfaction. You see, most television is advertising itself. Advertising works on the fact that they can create dissatisfaction with what you are already. How you look, uh, the color of your teeth and everything else. And they sell promises, not truths. Uh, That's what advertising is all about. And all of the television programming in between is there to give you predictive programming. It simply takes over where the ads left off, and it gives you a whole bunch of little ideas to make you unhappy, generally with the person you're living with. And people don't mature anymore. They don't really talk much anymore, in fact, to how they communicate. That television is blasting in most people's homes all day long and all evening long when people should be talking and discussing uh, about the things that matter to them. That's what bonding's all about. You bring in a television set and the bonding is destroyed. Now getting back to this drill they've been having up to the 19th day, you'll find that Portland, Oregon is another model state by the UN. You see they have model states within the United States already. And what that means is that the the governing bodies of those big cities, the the councils, etc., have been taking their orders from the United Nations for many, many years, and they've created the little Soviet-type systems where you have street committees and all these different organizations. And people think that's all quite normal now, that a committee has to come down and approve your house to be painted, even though you supposedly own it. Ha, ha, ha. And that's a big, big joke right there, because no one owns their own homes you can't own something and be forced out of it if you don't pay income uh, property taxes. It's either one or the other, so which one is it in fact? But in Portland, Oregon, this model little uh, city, they're also going to pretend that they're going to uh, put off a dirty bomb. There was a smoke bomb. And this is the excuse they gave the public to see where the wind carries it and, and what kind of area it will cover. Well, how on earth would they know which way the wind was blowing if the real thing happened? It's so farcical. It's meant just to condition the public, terrify them all into compliance. And they're setting up decontamination tents as well. So you go through this tent, get registered, and if they offer you free flu shots and you do all all you're told to do, you get a free M&M because M&M is pretending that the little pills they're going to give you. You get candies like they give to children and you can even apply in, in lotos to win different things. That's what they're using, marketing techniques to get the public to go along. That shows you how well we're all trained uh, in, in our lives through television and media, uh, through gaming and all the rest of it. All the stuff that used to be run by the mafia now is generally run by the government. So have you noticed that? Here in Canada, when Bob Bray was in Ontario, he actually brought up the Chicago bosses, of the, of the big casinos in the States. And it was in the, the Toronto Sun and the Star and different newspapers. He was having meetings with mafia bosses. And Bob Ray was the premier, that's what the governor of Ontario. And he wanted to find out how to set up the big casinos so that they wouldn't get uh, looted by corrupt employees. So uh, they're, in, they're in bed together, you see. That's The real mafia is government. That, that's what it consists of. It's totally completely corrupt. And it's not just become corrupt, it's just that it's blatantly corrupt. In the old days, they put a little bit of show on uh, and pretend, better pretense, but today they don't even bother. And the general public don't bother because unfortunately, again, through the society that's been given to us, the psychopathic type culture, dog-eat-dog, who cares about your neighbor, then we tolerate more corruption at the top. And unfortunately, there's a, a, something within humanity that's never mentioned, and that is the fact that people, most people, worship extremely wealthy. That's the name of the game in the psychopathic system. is wealth, incredible wealth. Uh, people within the U.S. Uh, Senate and Congress are put up there through corrupt means. The Kennedys were well known for it, amongst others, the Bronfmans and so on, uh, running the old whiskey scams. The whiskey trade and the cocaine trade back in the, the Great Depression days. When they had prohibition, that's how they made their fortunes. No, Joseph Kennedy used to go over because he became a great friend of the Queen. And, uh, he'd live, he'd live in Buckingham Palace when he was over there with his wife. I mean, they're all in bed together at the top. The legal system and the illegal system, the overworld, the underworld. That's how it's always been run. And if you want to know how old this system is, go back into the histories of Egypt, for instance. And wherever you see the same symptoms, you'll see the same disease. The symptoms are incredible, incredible wealth for a few who live in in incredible luxury, uh, surrounded by massive poverty, massive poverty and homelessness. You'll see prostitution everywhere, the drug scams everywhere, and, and anything goes. Larry in Nevada? Symptoms. So I think we have um, a caller from Nevada. Are you there?
0: Yes. Hello, Alan. This is Larry.
3: How are you, Larry?
0: Good. I'd like to ask you what you think really happened in two events that were uh, quite big events in the U.S. back in the uh, previous century. Uh, one of them is uh, the Amelia Earhart um, Her trip around the world where she supposedly disappeared And um, the other is the uh, Lindbergh uh, kidnapping. Mm -hmm. Uh, I would like to know what you think really happened with these two events, and really what was the significance of them.
3: Well, the first one is up for grabs. You you speculate forever. You know, the second one, there was a lot of dealing at that particular period with with, uh, the U.S. and Germany. As Germany came to the fore, uh, you're going to realize that lots of people within the Western world supported Hitler. In fact, Hitler was Time, Life, Man of the Year twice in the 1930s. Everybody was for him, including all the aristocracy of the Western countries. And um, I think he did a few uh, said a few things maybe he was blamed for, and then he, he was given a form of blackmail that simply ended in disaster. So we'll never get to the bottom of it. As well as talking about Kennedy, too, and, until the perpetrators come out and tell us the absolute truth all we're left with is a credible suspicion because the facts don't measure up yeah both stories There's there's lots of holes in both yeah things. and, and yeah, I don't even bother chasing the mysteries because, because that's what they're put out there for for the public too is to keep you intrigued forever and when you're intrigued in the past, you're not looking towards what's happening today or the future. All you can handle what all you can do is change the future. the past is gone that's true. No. And we've got to, you know, there are so many authors put out there on purpose to intrigue you uh, back into the past or way back into Atlantis. And the only data you have on Atlantis came from Plato, from his from his great 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 uncle Solon. And beyond that, there there's nothing else. The rest of it is speculation. A lot of stuff poured out by the high Masonic clubs back in the 1800s that's simply been rehashed a hundred times by new authors. Uh, The only data we have on on things like that uh, is very sparse indeed, Uh, and a few histories left by various Greek historians. All we know of Atlantis is they went to war with the different countries, and eventually the uh, the Spartans actually held them off, and during that battle uh, their their home island went down. Many people think it was was actually uh, in the Aegean Sea, if we are Terra and a few other islands around the rim of what once was a huge volcano, they still survive. We do know from the from the frescoes on the walls, the paintings, hand paintings in every little room, uh, these people were very, very wealthy. They left records of all their shipping. They were the great merchants of the ancient world. But as far as high tech and all that went, there's no sign of it anywhere. There I mean, is pure speculation.
0: Uh, it's funny how uh, people seem to put more credibility in... Um Uh, what do you want to call it, Uh,
3: people like Edgar Cayce or Uh uh, Nostradamus. Yeah, Nostradamus. Nostradamus was the Grand Master of the Lodge in France at the time, and he. under him was Montgomery from Scotland, Lord uh, Lord Montgomery. And it's quite easy to set up the whole scenario there because those knights practiced every day from childhood, and they could literally put a lance, They they could knock a plum off of a stick on the gallop. Uh, so it was quite easy to get uh, someone's eye taken out and have Nostradamus uh, predicted advance, especially when it, it was his was second in command who did it, and that was Montgomery from Scotland. And uh, the Montgomerys, of course, were, were along with the Sinclairs, were the heads of the their remnants of the Knights Templar. It was all part of the old revenge strategy, but uh, there was nothing magical about it. Um, uh, and even the name Nostradamus is, a, is an occultic play on words as well. Yeah, it seems that people seem to gravitate uh,
0: more towards the, um, oh, the, um, the, uh, you know, people uh, are more interested in going to a psychic uh-huh. uh, uh, than to uh,
3: actually get uh, uh, facts from a, uh, uh, you know, sources. Yeah, same with Casey. Uh, Edgar Casey's grandfather, is admitted too and published his grandfather was one of the high masons in the U.S. at the time, and and, they had, and even Casey admitted himself that everything he knew uh, was, was taught to him by his grandfather that spent most of his youth with him. Oh, well, that's interesting. So, so we, you, you know, we've got to stop being fooled by the con men here, uh, and they put them out all the time. You see, the public are so fascinated by stuff they can never prove. Yes, exactly. So uh, you're back into belief systems. They, or superstitious belief systems. systems. Yeah, we're back into, uh, uh, you know,
0: paganism. And, and hey, Jeff superstition in
2: uh, California and, again. He you know, we have all
0: this ability uh,
3: to uh, increase our tel- intelligence. Yes. People yes. seem to gravitate towards the... And what people want, too, and, and all ages what they want is a guarantee of the future, like an insurance policy. They yes. want to be told it's good. For them personally, it's going to turn out well. Everything's going to be hunky-dory and and don't worry, you'll get married to a tall, dark, handsome stranger, and yeah. be very rich, and all that kind of stuff. So uh, what they want is a prediction of of good fortune for the future.
0: And they don't care what... Uh, I mean, look at Jean Dixon. She made uh, a living out of making uh, one correct uh, prediction, and it doesn't yeah. matter how many times she's wrong, people will still uh, gravitate
3: to her, or did gravitate toward her, just because of her prediction with the uh, assassination. Yes, and also you'll find, too, uh, there's another one out there that's got a, lo- a lot of followers amongst uh, women, uh, married women, women up to their 50s, and uh, she also has made false predictions. She was sued recently, this particular one, not Dixon, though, uh, She was sued for telling a, a couple that their daughter was killed and murdered, and, and uh, she was paid for it, and then they found out a while later the the, the girl was still alive somewhere. Mm. So, the, the, you know, people love this kind of stuff. Oh, yes. And, and that's why they always generally pick the ancient past and so on, because you could never, ever prove exactly. your theories. It's wide open to speculation. It, it's, a, it's a universe of speculation, and, and these characters, the charlatans, know how to, to take the public for a ride.
0: Yes. Um, thank you for your uh, input, and uh, just for we part here. I live in Las Vegas, and uh, the last couple of years, I noticed they've really been spraying heavy. Oh. Yeah, but this year I noticed uh, there seems to be an absence of it, so I have no
3: idea why. Yeah, yeah if you get up early in the morning, you might see them do. See a lot of the places now where it's been more noticed because they do take their pulse of the public uh, when there's a lot of complaints going on. They start spraying uh, towards the the morning off uh, off outside the city, and the wind blows it over. Oh, and you'll find that's been happening an awful lot recently. Uh, I see it at night sometimes. you actually see them going under the moon and, and crisscrossing away. And they oh. use the wind, the prevailing wind to bring it over. Some people seem to think that there's an absence of it when they're just changing their time schedule. That's right, yeah. 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 Well, thank you, Alan. It's a pleasure, yeah. Now, I think Jeff is still on the line for a summary. Hello, Jeff. Are you there? Alan? Yeah. Hello?
2: Yeah. Hi, how you doing? I got disconnected before, but I, 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 didn't, I didn't get to my question. The main question I wanted to ask you was, uh, you had mentioned before about the gentleman that, uh, was uh, the, the, the father of the inoculation with the polo vaccine. Yeah. With, with the cancer viruses inside.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: My question to you is, like you said before, uh, a lot of what you read, they spin you off into completely different directions, and I know there's a cure for this stuff, you know. Uh, is there books back that you've come come across, you know, early books that uh, have actually made some sense on this on to this cancer virus that you that you know of? Because the last thing I've read was something about with Raymond Rice and, and, and the guy's
3: discoveries on uh, electrodes. Yeah, I know shattering. all about. That. I know all about that. That's, they still sell all these machines today, but I've right. yet to meet anyone that's ever been cured of anything right. uh, by one of these machines, and they're very expensive. Right. And also the machines they're selling are nothing like the ones that Reif used. He used a tube which flashed a light very similar to an X-ray. The ones they're selling today uh, are simply little electrodes attached to the skin.
2: Right. So basically the only people who get these treatments are the uh, elite.
3: Oh, there are real cures for things, but the public will never have access to them. Back in '95, I think it was, The politicians of every Western country uh, signed uh, signed, uh, orders in council, really, agreed to put bills through to to give themselves particular preferential treatment, themselves and their families, mind you, all politicians and higher bureaucrats, uh, uh, special treatment in in uh, high-quality military hospitals. It was never explained to the public why they should have a different setup for them. But yeah, they do get, uh, inoculations that really do work. Uh, they don't get the, the, the stuff that kills us off that we get. Yeah. And, my uh, mother's
2: got it and, uh, you know, I, I took her a couple of times for her treatments and it's amazing the amount of people that have cancer. I mean, the people are really dropping my flies, Alan. I mean, this is, it's, it's, yeah,
3: if you go into the, the the cancer statistics, you don't go into it. Now, 30 years ago, doctors were being trained that cancers were Maybe 1 in 10,000. Today they're actually coming out and believing it's 1 in 2. And they think it's normal. So they don't know their histories with those young doctors. I'll be back after the following messages.
1: Everybody knows that the dice are loaded.
3: Alan walked back with cutting through the matrix for the last couple of minutes now I'd ask some of the callers to try and keep their, their questions short and not to, to sort of hog the line because other callers try to get in and just to end tonight I'd like people to try and check in see if you can get into CBC Archives that's a Canadian Broadcasting Corporation Archives and look up bacteriophages because bacteriophages were used for antibiotics in place of antibiotics all throughout the Soviet era from 1917 on down. Brought to the Soviet Union from a doctor from Canada who left in 1917 to help the revolution, and he just knew the formula, which meant this is an old formula, and they had been breeding bacterium and viruses, which could literally destroy other viruses and bacterium. And the CBC did a documentary special, showed you the laboratories... And all you needed to do was inhale a little puff from an inhaler, and you were cured of pneumonia within before the day was out. And we'd never heard a peep of that all throughout the Cold War. We're still on antibiotics today, and we're slaves to the pharmaceutical companies who are always complaining that they just can't keep up with this evolution in bacterium. So it shows you there's many, many other cures out there that actually work And they kept that, they kept that quiet for the entire Western world. The Western world knew about it, but they didn't tell the public there's another way to do this. Very cheap, too, and and extremely effective. And the viruses that they'd set up to eat the bacterium uh, literally were timed out. They could program them to to only be in your system for a day, two days. And once they'd eaten up their targets, they died off. Very effective, and yet not a peep. Now, a, a company from Alberta... Uh, bought that up in, for a company in New York. They said it'd be shortly available to the public, but we'll never ever see that come on the market for the public because it actually works. These are cures, you see. The cures are kept from the public, and Charles Galton Darwin's biggest beef was we can't help the public and eradicate diseases and get their population down at the same time. Now, to Think about that. Why should they help you? The whole idea is to depopulate. They're not out there to help you. And these health services have become authorities because whatever they're going to give you in the near future is going to be to your detriment. I can guarantee you that because you must use something that people have been taught to believe in to ultimately do you in. That's what it's all about. Now, for those who listen to my show, remember I don't get paid for any of my shows, never have so I'm brought to you by you and I rely upon your donations so look into the website if you want to help out and send something off to me and I'll come up with more and more information as time goes on I try to stay on the relevant stuff yeah I could talk forever on the mysteries etc etc and symbolism and the many many meanings of them, the different degrees all the way up the ladder 360 but uh, let's stick on the basic facts right now from Hamish and myself up in interior Canada, it's good night. I mean, your God, all your gods go with you.
1: Are right, they